In today's show, we break down all of the action from Wednesday's games, 11 of them. Mick Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter, as always, at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Today, we're going to look at those 11 games. We're also going to talk about the injury news regarding Shea Gilgis-Alexander. But before we get into that, reminder... Live trade deadline show, Thursday, 2 p.m. Eastern on the YouTube uh, YouTube channel. If you just go to the front page of my YouTube channel, just search Josh Lloyd Fantasy Basketball on YouTube. You'll see the video there. Go in, click a thumbs up already, put it on your calendar. I want as many people into that live show as humanly possible. Listen to me react to the deals with a giant cup of uh, coffee to keep myself awake because how early it is, but that's what we're going to be doing. So join me over for that show. I am pumped. I'm excited. Get involved. All right. Let's get involved in looking at the games from Wednesday. First one of those, looking at here, the Detroit Pistons and the Indiana Pacers. Pistons fought back. Pacers get it in the end, thanks to a Karis LeVert game game winner. Yeah, game winner, I guess. Jeremy Grant, been slumping a little bit. Good bounce back, 29-6. and six. Two threes, a steal, and two blocks. Good efficiency. We had him on the buy-low show the other day. So funny how often that happens, that after the buy-low show, they tend to put up big numbers. Good game from him, 44 fantasy points. While well, DeLon Wright only played 28 minutes, and again, I have stressed this ad nauseum of how concerned I am with DeLon's minutes as we move forward. The production's totally fine. Right? He had five steals and two blocks. That's excellent. In fact, it's awesome. He had six points, four rebounds, three assists. That's not so good. But the fact that he's getting 28 minutes when Diallo and Hayes aren't playing is a little bit of a worry. It's a little bit of a worry because I think they like what Dennis Smith's doing and they're giving him those minutes. And Delon, a guy, again, when everyone was healthy at the beginning of the season, he played 24 minutes a night. Not saying he's a drop, but he is a guy that if you can sell him, uh, yeah, I'd be pretty interested in doing that. The Duke Wayne Ellington returned for 16 points in 23 minutes with four triples. He probably won't play another game for this team again, while the depressed penis Sadiq Bay, 16 points in 31 minutes with four triples. This is just sort of who he is. Like, he's fine as a 12-team league guy. Now, again, I cannot stress this enough. I really don't think there's going to be any solid must-roster, must-ads, must-drops today. We are, how long away? 16 hours, 14 hours by the time I'm recording this from the uh, NBA trade deadline, and you're going to want to have some acquisitions. And I don't really see anything, and that includes in Oklahoma City, anything really standing out that you're going to want to do. Now, often the trade deadlines are dud, and there might be one bloke, two blokes, who have a fantasy basketball impact. That's, but you've got to have that opportunity. You've got to take flyers on guys. You've got to take that chance and try and grab them. And I think that's why preserving those ads is important. Well, not a great game from Isaiah Stewart, 11-7 and seven in his 19 minutes. Um, more, It's not a great game because he didn't play that much, but uh, I'm, I'm still holding him as a 12-teamer. Joshy Jackson had 12-3-5 and five with poor percentages, as is the Josh Smith way. Well, Dennis Smith, his game has changed so much. He's not a high-usage guy. He just gets a ton of defensive stats now, apparently. 4-3-5 and five with two blocks. Continues to put up, amazingly, yeah, decent enough numbers. He's the 179th-ranked player this year in 18 minutes per game. I'm not saying he's going to play 30 because he's not, but... It's interesting. He's sort of recovering a little bit here. 
12 and 10 in 29 minutes for Mace Plumley as well. Well, Frank Jackson, why they started him, he is he is not an NBA caliber player. They could have started Josh Jackson. They could have started Dennis Smith. They could have started Wayne Ellington. But no, they started Frank Jackson, and he put up a line that Tony Snell would be proud of, a $13 trillion for Frank Jackson. Tony Snell keeps catching strays. For the Pacers, Karis LeVert, whoo yeah, 34 minutes, 28 and 6. Four triples, four, steal, four assists, and two steals. Shot the ball well for once. Big game from him, while Sabonis had 14, 11, and four on uh, some pretty poor shooting, 39% overall. Jeremy Lamb, who went off last game, went off in a way that you would categorize a bunch of prawns out in the sun. Um, yeah, he was shit out. Seven points in 15 minutes, and that's why I was like, not don't overreact to what happened yesterday. Same as what, don't overreact to the 20 points that Doug McDirt put up, because he put up four in 16 minutes, and... And guys, I'm not going to fall into the trap, but TJ McConnell played 22 minutes and had 6-3-5. and five. The worries, again, this is the worry with McConnell, is that when these guys are healthy, is he going to be that 28-minute guy, which he wasn't for the first couple of games of Levert, and then he was for the next three games, and now he isn't again? Like, 21 minutes of McConnell is not must roster. So I don't really know where we stand. I think you hold him. I think we just hold and we see what happens. But, yeah, that's like three shit ones, three good ones since Levert's been there, I think, for, for TJ. And I made the mistake of saying drop him, and then he went out and went bananas. So I'm not going to say it now, especially with the trade deadline coming up, but it's one to watch. And I think almost definitely, if TJ Warren returns this regular season, his value is going to be in the, in the absolute dunny. He's going to be finished. Edmund Sumner, a guy that I've liked for a while, but has never, ever put it together. But 18 points on nine shots is really, really strong, obviously, but don't buy into that at all. While Brogdon returned from injury, had 16, 3 and 3, and Miles Turner was, he was rough. Zero points on 0 of 4, but the three blocks still there. He still is. The 24th ranked player, really, on the back of that one category where he is enormous most of the time in getting those uh, getting those blocks for you. So, all right, what else have we got going on here? Um, yeah, I'm just, I'm, I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah, all right, let's go. I'm, I'm absolutely fired up and waiting for the trade deadline. That's what I'm doing. Waiting for so much stuff to go on that my brain is scrambled. Have you guys heard about sport trade? Sport Trade. It's where fantasy sports meets the stock market. And this, for everyone who listens to this show, this is where you guys can come in and really uh, kick some ass. Sport Trade takes fantasy to the next level. It's like Robin Hood for fantasy sports. I'm not sure you want to be comparing yourself there. That platform allows you to buy and sell shares in your favorite players, just like real stocks. Finally, a fair and exciting way to cash in on your knowledge of sports. What you do when you're ready to buy shares, you pick that penny stock in a rookie with huge upside, or you grab a blue chip vet who's always a solid performer. You can instantly buy and sell as many shares and as many players as you like, just like the stock market and then you watch your players battle and your portfolio value rise simply go to sporttrade.com and watch the how it works video and then sign up to get started sign up today at sporttrade.com and discover the fun exciting and profitable new world of sports trading this is truly the evolution of fantasy sports hey guys fantasy sports still going around don't 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 cut my grass you'll be amazed don't sit on the sidelines any longer get in the game at sporttrade.com uh, bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. Bet online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds, and it's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website, betonline.ag, or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Use that promo code locked on to get that 50% bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, second game. Um, this one was looking like a blowout, but then Boston came back to get it pretty close. But in the end, Milwaukee wins 121 to 119. Um, 
Kemba Walker, big game. 23, 2 and 6, 3 steals, a block, 35 minutes. I think the minutes restrictions are, are well and truly in the rearview mission. I, I, I wonder when the back-to-back restrictions will end, but he's playing at a higher level here for sure. 42 fantasy points, while Jalen Brown put up some, uh, some really good numbers. JB, you've done it again. 24 and 10 on 63% shooting, but again, curiously, no free throws. Jason Tatum returning from illness, another rough shooting night, 18, 8, and 5, but two blocks, 37% shooting is terrible. We're still keeping Jeff Teague in the rotation for some reason, 15 points on 71% shooting. His last two games, I think he's missed three shots combined. 15, 3, and 2 in 17 minutes. Do not read into that while, of course, the Rock DJ had a stinker. He played 20 minutes, but still no Tristan Thompson. Six and five. Let's see if the Celtics do anything. Do they bring in Aaron Gordon? Do they trade out a center? There's a lot of question marks with this team. Of course, we're still holding Rob Williams, but he's going to be up and down for sure. While Tice had 10 points in 31 minutes, and I, I don't believe he's a 12-team league guy. Marcus Smart shot horrendously, 12 points on 23%, but six assists, a steal, and a block keeps his value okay. Now, late in this game for the Bucks, Drew Holiday did bang knees, but he was able to continue the game. He was not good, 13 points on 38% shooting with two steals, but hopefully his knee holds up. While Yanni Antetokounmpo, he returned from his one-game absence. Giannis, Antetokounmpo. 13, 8, and 7 with a triple one for Yanni, but just hyper-inefficient. 36 from the field, 57 from the line. That's what really um, that's what really uh, dropped his value down in this one. While Bob Portis went bananas. Now, he only played 17 minutes, which is the worrying sign, but 21.70% shooting, 28 usage. We know he's an absolute offensive black hole. We know he's going to jack up shots, and he's been playing well this year. I, I do not buy him as a must-roster guy rest of season, but... Maybe you can convince yourself. I think DiVincenzo is 17 points, five triples, and Brooke Lopez had 17 and five with three steals. And Chrissy Middleton, we know he goes off against the Celtics, apart from apparently at the line where he was three of six. But 27, 13, and four is pretty strong. And we also still got, for some reason, 28 minutes of Pat Connaughton while PJ Tucker played 19 minutes. Now, Tucker is not going to be any sort of impact in any sort of fantasy league, but I would have thought we'd see a little bit more out of him here. Just uh, not, not the hugest amount of minutes. Let's go on to the next game, which was one of numerous ass-kickings on the day. The Denver Nuggets 111, the Toronto Raptors 135, Big Chungus, Nikola Jokic. Um, 20 and 10, five assists, not his best night. Same with the headmaster, 22, 20 and two with seven assists. Like they're strong numbers, they're solid numbers, but you know, they were bad in the plus minus stuff. Well, if you want to talk bad, Farton, Will Barton, was there a worse performance on this day? Zero points, 0 of eight shooting, zero assists. He did have a steal and a block. He only played 23 minutes. He was just absolutely atrocious. You're still holding him though, because he had been playing well prior to this. Well, Millsap had a nice across the board game, but only the 22 minutes. 11, 6, and 6, while Maga Porter Jr. had 19 and 8, with a pretty empty rest of his line. He's sort of stabilizing, I think, at the moment as that 50 to 60 sort of player, and I don't really see him elevating to that top 25 numbers he was putting up to begin this year. Faku only had the two assists and no steals, so no joy there for Kampazzo. And uh, PJ Dozier chipped in six points in his 20 minutes, but a blowout. But let's talk uh, Raptors. Is this the last time that Kyle Lowry plays for Toronto? It sure seems like it. Uh, even Lowry was uh, pretty teary coming off the court. Um, Norm Powell as well. I don't know. Let's look at Lowry's line. 33 minutes, 8, 5, and 9. He was a plus 42 in this game. How is that possible? I, I don't know. That's He's just he's awesome. He is going to lose value, I would imagine, to whatever team he goes to. He's the 31st ranked player at the moment. He probably ends up as like a 50th, 50, 60th ranked player wherever he goes. But the value is going to dip for sure. While Storm and Norman Powell just continues to be one of the best shooters in the world. 22 points on 67%. Two rebounds, three assists. Like he's piss poor in those areas. But a steal on a block is strong. While the Jedi, OG Ananobi. 
But what about Scarf? OG. Balenciaga stop ones. OG. Uh, you better stop OG. The first thing I look at here is he had a usage of 28%. 23 points, five triples, six rebounds, three assists, one steal, and one blocks. Hold on to your dicks. Because if Lowry goes and OG, they just say, well, okay, well, you're getting a bigger role now. Uh, that's pretty exciting stuff. And now I'll say, I'll say this again. Save your acquisitions. But if your league is... How do we say this? Um, stupid, and he is still on the waiver wire, that is an automatic ad. Like, he is somehow, some, some ways available in some leagues. Add him, please. Pascal Siakam, 27, 8, and 6 with a steal and a block after he told Nurse to um, go and, uh, let's say, go forth and multiply, perhaps. He may have told him that uh, after one of the recent games. Big 51-point fantasy point performance from Siakam. He was uh, pretty good in this one. While the wiki Chris Boucher now was always going to be a shit matchup against young youngest against Jokic, 7 and 6 in 17 minutes. It's been rough since the uh, COVID guys have returned for Boucher, and maybe it actually stays rough, depending on what they do in terms of trades and centers and that sort of stuff. It's not looking great. And remember, the key component, Nick Nurse does not trust Chris Boucher. That it, you can have your per-minute stats. You can jerk off to him as much as you want. But if Nick Nurse doesn't like him, if Nick Nurse doesn't trust him, it's going to be ups and downs no matter what he does. That is what's going to happen. That is what we've seen happen all season. And prepare yourself because it's going to continue to happen, I would imagine, for the rest of this year. Let's go on to the next one. It is the Cleveland Cavaliers and the Chicago Bulls. The Cavs win at 103-94. The Chicago Bulls, the entire franchise. Get that garbage out of here! Let's talk Cavs first. Jarrett Allen, I told you, if you want to get back in business as a center, you play the Bulls. 19 and 9 with two steals and three blocks, while Larry Nance, he jumped, jumped in as well. 14 and 14, five assists, two steals and a block. Will Kevin Love ever play again? I don't know. Will Matthew Delvadova ever play? I have no idea. Will Andre Drummond ever play for any team again? You'd assume so, but we don't know. But good value there for both those guys. And with uh, the Padawan Colin Sexton out nursing a sore hammy, we saw Darius Garland step up. And again, much like OG Ananobi, if this guy is on your waiver wire, this is in must add. Like, I know people disagree with me. I don't really know why, but I know that they do. He is a must roster player. 22 in 37 minutes with nine assists on 40% shooting, which isn't great. And another solid enough Isaac Okoro night. 12-3-2, two steals and a block. He's putting it together more often than not. He's not at 12-team value yet. He's a watch. He's a 16-team ad. Again, post-deadline. 14-team guy. And just a watch for 12s. The Discman. Chetty Osman. Eight points in his 21 minutes. Well, Damo Dotson got 21 minutes as well, hitting uh, one of seven for three points. And someone by the name of Broderick Thomas played 11 minutes, as did Quinn Cook with the absence of Colin Sexton. But the Cavs on the road without Colin Sexton, Kevin Love, were able to beat the Chicago Bulls because that organization is absolute, absolute dribble piss. The skater boy, Zach Levine. 22 points, 34 minutes, minus 12, four assists. Like, okay. He has started to fall off a little bit here. Still the 11th ranked player this season, but starting to fall off somewhat. While Thad Young continues to start, but only played 21 minutes, eight and five with a steal and three blocks. They claim they're not going to trade him, but he's been doing so many weird things this year that just don't feel very um, Thad Youngish. that you just worry that he's going to lose some some value at some point. Larry Markinen, a nice bounce back. But again, look, what is this bloke? 17 points in 29 minutes. Can't defend, can't pass, hit 1-3. He's a guy that we have to roster for sure, but 
I don't know. Upside's not that high. Thomas Sadoransky, 11-2-4, while Kobe White had 11-3-3 and two steals. Not an indication for me to add Kobe White. While Wendell Carter Jr., I am just holding until the trade deadline. He did play some closing minutes in this one. He was a plus five versus Thad Young's minus 15. Seven and nine for Wendell. I still believe in Wendell. I still think he can be a good player who has been absolutely shafted. Some of that's on him for sure. The injuries as well, that's a problem. But I think he's been absolutely dicked around by this team. While Pat Williams, he is. Is Pat Williams this now? Sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be shit. The majority of the time he's shit from a fantasy perspective, but occasionally has these games where he has you know, 28 points on 8 of 8 shooting with 7 blocks and 28 steals or some nonsense like that. Of course, they're made up numbers. But Pat Williams, again, had 5 points in this one, and he's a long way away from being a 12-team league guy, yet 20% of people in advanced leagues think he's worth holding, and 30% of them think that Otto Porter is worth holding for some reason. Get that garbage out of here! Six points in 16 minutes for Otto, who is now the 199th ranked player over the course of this season. This Bulls team, get rid of them all. Larry Markkinen, see you later. Trade him. Um, Zach Levine, get something back. Trade him. Kobe White, you're nothing. Get out of here. Wendell Carter, trade him just so you can play on a better team. Like, Just get rid of everyone. Burn the whole thing down. Just Canisivus, burn it down. Get rid of this bullshit. And Reinsdorf? Trade him as well. I know that's impossible, but you know we can only we can only hope and dream and have our dreams ruined in the future. Let's now look at the best way to buy parts for your car. That is RockAuto.com. Don't go to your local auto parts store. That's for beginners. That's for that's for lames. That's for um, normies. I don't know. That it's for something. It's not for you though, because if you want to get the same price at the same parts at a cheaper price for your car, RockAuto.com is for you. It is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver. Get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. And best of all, the prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why would you spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so that they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Now, for a while, we've been telling you about the best-tasting protein bar ever. And that is, of course, Built Bar. Low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, amazing tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all bars. And now it's the time to find out which is the best tasting of all of them. Go to builtbar.com slash pages slash brackets and vote on today's contest, which is cookies and cream versus coconut almond. And this is a tough one. These are two of my top three flavors. I will probably... Coconut almond, probably not as good as coconut. It's, it's there. Cookies and cream. Yeah, look, let's take cookies and cream, and then uh, hopefully they can get into the final matchup up against coconut. So go to builtbar.com at the website or go to the Twitter handle at bar underscore built. And remember to use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That is LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at builtbar.com and check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar. All right, next game. What do we got? We have got the Memphis Grizzlies. They are beating the Oklahoma City Thunder. We are going to talk about Shea Gildas-Alexander's injury in a second. Let's look at the Memphis side of things first. Hey, look at those defensive numbers from Brandon Clark. Two steals, five blocks, eight points, nine boards, 26 minutes. I'd love him to do it more regularly. This is his key if he's ever going to be a top 50 player is to be an absolute Nerlens Noel style steals and blocks guy, Matisse Thibel style steals and blocks guy. He can be that player. We just haven't seen it enough. Or Jamarant. Holy Jamarant, guys. He had two steals. 
He had two blocks. Now, he had 11 points on 36% shooting with seven assists and gave him 37 fantasy points. But he has some progress there, which is good. Didn't get to the free throw line. So still some massive, massive holes in his game. And he's still outside the top 100, uh, 100 for the season. And Dylan Brooksy Brooks, another big game, 25 on 62% shooting. If you can translate this into any sort of top 80 player in a trade, you absolutely have to do it. Is Grayson Allen good? No, but he had 20 points in 26 minutes with four threes on 57% shooting, and it was a plus 13, so you've got to give him credit, I guess. Well, Jonas Valanciunas. Jonas Valanciunas. Very empty, but 16 and 15 is still okay. 17 minutes for DeAnthony Melton continues to be frustrating. He had 14 points, four threes. He had a steal. Like the numbers are still pretty solid. He's still, amazingly, the 106th ranked player in only 20 minutes a night. The fact is he's not even getting 20 minutes a night now to completely frustrate the shit out of us. I understand why he'd want to drop. If you've got him now, you hold. But look, he might be that guy that you drop at the trade deadline. He also might be a guy that if Grayson Allen or Dylan Brooks are moved, he becomes a 26-minute-a-night player and a guaranteed must-roster guy. So if you've got him, you just hold, and then we just see what happens. Kyle Anderson, a couple of big games, and now a shit one. Six points in 23, while Bain had three points. And Justice Winslow had nine points with three steals. The three steals are nice, but he still struggles in so many areas that he is not. Guys, guess where he isn't inside? The top 310. That is how bad Justice Winslow has been. That's on a per-game basis as well. That's not total. That is how bad he has been. Now, let's talk Shea Gildas-Alexander, who is dealing with plantar fasciitis. Mark Dagnott said he's going to be out a while. What does that mean? Well, we don't know, of course. I would be stunned if he is back within three weeks. I would not be surprised if he does not play again this season. Plantar fasciitis is an issue that lasts a long time. This is not a fake injury. Um, this is a long-term problem that can be, you keep you out for a very, very long time. Now, I'm, am I dropping Shea? No, I'd like to get some updates, but hopefully we get something in the next couple of days. Now, the question is going to be, hey, Josh, do I add Theo Maladon or do I add Ty Jerome? And the answer, unfortunately, that is neither. Neither of them are must-roster 12-team league guys. And I think you now this is an extreme example, but you've got an example of that today. 10 points for Maladon in 32 minutes on 29% shooting, while Jerome had 11 points in 21 minutes. And this is a game without Baisley um, uh, as well. So another guy that could come into that rotation. So no, neither of them are. And especially in the scenario where the deadlines come out, you do not want to waste an ad on those guys. It's not like they just slide in and take all of Shea's production. That just isn't how it's going to work. But I tell you what, now, I've said this a lot. I've said you should be holding Moses Brown. You should be adding him, and you should see what happens. He played 31 minutes in a game that Al Horford played. He had 19 and 12 with two steals and three blocks. And anytime anyone asked me, hey, I'm dropping him, I said, you're wrong. You just got to keep holding him. This is why. Now, it's not going to be this good every game. It's not going to be remotely close to this, but Horford's going to rest a ton. Even in games like this, he's going to sit down minutes. Brown is going to have plenty of value. Plenty. A must-roster player. Alexei Pokyshevsky, 13-3-5 in 32 minutes, while Isaiah Roby struggled a bit with his shooting, 9 points on 27%, but it was, what, 3 of 11? You go 6 of 11, you add another you know, 6 points there, 15-6 with 3 steals, 3 assists, and 1 block. It's really good. I think he can be a fringe 12-team league guy as well. I do not think Lou Dort can be. I just don't think he's good enough, although he was pretty solid here, 14-3 and three with 3 steals and 2 blocks. Um, if you wanted to add him, you'd wait till after the deadline, but I'm not super excited about that. While the Oklahoma City mudflap, Kenrich Williams had 11-3-4. I'm not sure where he fits in the long-term plans here. Speaking of Horford, this is really good. 13, 8, and 6 with a triple one. I think he's just got to hold through the deadline. Now, after the deadline, I'll be happy to drop. He is still, though. It is hard to drop a bloke who's the 73rd ranked player over the season per game, 
who's the 36th ranked player over the last two weeks in 26 minutes a night. The problem is he's just going to sit so many games that the total value, I don't think he's going to be worth it. But I'm not dropping him now so I can add someone before the deadline. Now, if I want to drop him at the deadline, I think it's a fair enough decision. But again, not a drop just yet. I think I said he was a drop two weeks ago. Um, but you know, drop him at the deadline if an opportunity arises. But on a per-game basis, he's an excellent stream. And if you've got IL Plus on Yahoo, on the, what did I say like that? Man, that's embarrassing. On Yahoo, um, then on the days he rests, you just slide him into IL Plus. You can add someone and you slide him back out. Moses Brown, must add. Get on it. All right, next one we look at is the Phoenix Suns. Losing to Orlando Magic. Oh, boy. Um, Devin Booker, 25, 7, and 7 with three steals. Really good. Chris Paul, 23, 6, and 7. Really good. The bench just really struggled in this one. But encouragingly, three straight big games from DeAndre Ayton. 34 minutes, 21, and 9, 67% shooting. That's really encouraging to see. Jay Crowder had 17 with four triples and two steals. It's almost like it was a revenge game for him. Um, big numbers for him, but we know he's wildly inconsistent. He is the 128th ranked player over the last two weeks. So there is some 12 team utility, but of course we're not adding him uh, with the deadline around. He's an interesting stream. Well, it was a shit night from McCall Bridges. Do not drop McCall Bridges, please. Please, for the love of God, do not drop him. Five points, two assists in 31 minutes. While Sharich continues to just absolutely lose steam. Four points in 14 minutes. He is... Dropping like absolute hotcakes. Well, Cam Johnson had three points in his 19 minutes. And Tory Craig in the rotation now had 10 and 8 in 19 minutes. At least someone maybe you got to look at for deeper league purposes. For the Magic, it was probably the last game for Aaron Gordon. And he went out in true Aaron Gordon style. Completely underwhelming. 13, 7, and 3 with two blocks on 33% shooting. And where he goes, I don't see how it's getting better. I think he's going to be a drop. But I tell you what you do want to look at. And how, how many times have I said it? I know you don't know the answer because I don't know the answer, and that is keep an eye on Chuma Kiki. Now, the bullshit with Al Farouk Aminu playing over him at some point's got to end, but Chuma didn't care. Chuma's like the honey badger. 17 points, four triples, six of... That's, that's an old reference for you. Six of six from the field. He's not going to be this good most nights. He's probably... If Gordon gets traded, he's probably not even a must-roster 12-team league guy, but he'll be a flyer type. Fournier continues to be great. 21 points in 33 minutes, while big Nikola Vucevic... It's Vucevic. Thanks, Perk. 27 and 14 with four assists with a steal and a block, while uh, the Chief had six and 10. No surprise that Aminu could not replicate what he did last game. And Dwayne Bacon back in business. 11 points in 24 minutes for the Baconator. Um, Mo Bumba was healthy and didn't play, which is uh, disturbing. Next game. Uh, yeah, Blowout City. The Hornets beat the Rockets 122-97. Um, yeah, that's, that's obviously, uh, it's obviously not ideal for him. Um, or not for, for Houston, sorry. Um, but let's talk, uh, Charlotte because Malik Monk played 24 minutes, had 19, three and four, two steals, a guy that we should have added when Lamelo went down. Is he worth an ad now? I'd probably hold and see what happens at the deadline, but he's, he's a name to watch. Well, Devontae Graham, only 26 minutes, 21.6 triples. Again, a must roster. 12 and 12 for PJ Washington. Miles Bridges got some nice defense. One steal, two blocks, eight boards, five, re, uh, five points, but it's basically exactly what he's been doing all season as an absolute fringe 12-team league guy. Well, Gordy Hayward, only 19 minutes because he had a ton of fouls. Eight and seven, don't worry too much about that. Cody Zeller was healthy, played 16 minutes while Bismack Biombo played 20. This team is better with PJ Washington at center. PJ Washington is better with PJ Washington at center. I don't know what it's going to take for that to happen full time, but it's the evidence is pretty clear in my opinion. Rogier had 25 in 30 minutes too. Now let's talk Rockets. 
John Wall. 29 minutes, 20 points, 7 assists. There was no Kevin Porter and there was no Victor Oladipo who's out for personal reasons. He won't play for the Rockets again. We'd, we'd, you'd have to guess. You'd have to guess that that's, that's the case. Wall's going to put up some big numbers as we go until he gets shut down with his knee surgery while uh, DJ Augustin stepped in for 24 minutes. Now, Deej isn't going to play much of a role when Porter's healthy, but if Wall go, does go down, then maybe he's the backup and deeper leagues can look at him. Seven assists. The wild thing, nine, four, and five, Jay Sean Tate, he's going to have some ups and downs. There's no doubt about that. While Sterling Brown was shit out six points in 28 minutes, and he, of course, is going to have some ups and downs. This is just an absolute disaster of a team, but I, I want to just focus a little bit on my man, Kenyon Martin Jr. He's not an ad, but some things could open up for him. Nine points, three steals, one block. He's got a very, very interesting fantasy skill set an ability to put up some numbers, especially defensive stats, but we just need that opportunity. And it's just not there at this point. So he's one to watch. Um, don't drop Kevin Porter for, for the love of God. Don't drop Kevin Porter. I know he didn't play, but do not drop him. So I just got to throw that out there as well in case uh, in case we've lost our brains along the way. Let's go on. Next game, another blowout. The Mavericks beat the Wolves 128-108. This guy always does well against Minnesota. Percentages. 29 and 9, two blocks, one steal, 29 minutes, fantastic. Well, Dwight Powell with Willie Cauley Stein out, 16 and 8. Yeah, just easy stuff. Well, Jason Brunson, Jason Brunson, Jesus. Jalen Brunson, 16, 11, and 5 with 30 minutes. You know what I almost did then? Because, you know, when I'm doing these shows, I'm like trying to be high energy and put stuff out, and stuff just flies into my head. So when I called him Jason Brunson, the the Jason Derulo appeared in my head, and I was going to sing Jalen Brunson like Jason Derulo, like he does at the start of his songs. Jason Brunson. There you go. Record that one. Um, 16, 11, and 5 with 58% shooting. Is he back? I don't know. I'm not willing to burn an acquisition on him. Joshy Richardson, 10 and 6, while Timmy Hardaway had 21 points. Hardaway was inefficient, but he is an interesting stream, at least for scoring. Well, it was a rough, rough night from Luka Doncic. 15, 4, and 4, a steal and a block on a true shooting of 44%. That's really bad from Luka. He is the 12th ranked player now overall this season, but they get the win. They get it comfortably. Maxi Kleber had 7 points in 33 minutes with a block and two threes. Again, just a very, very fringe guy, and that's about it. Onto the Wolves, nice, really good bounce back from Anthony Edwards in terms of scoring and playing minutes. Thirty-seven of them, thirty-seven minutes for twenty-nine points, but forty-one percent shooting is bad. Twenty-five from three is horrible. Eight of nine from the line is good. Overall, not the greatest performance from from him, and that's going to be the thing that worries you all season. Twenty-two, five and six from Townsville. Jalen Noel, he was pretty good, eleven points, and they changed that starting lineup up, and then uh, they had to move Josh Okoge out, so they started McDaniel's and Vanderbilt together. Jared played only the 14 minutes while I thought McDaniels looked good. 29 in 29 minutes, 9 points, triple one, 5 rebounds. He's a long way off being a 12-team must-add, but he's starting to establish himself. But Finch just keeps adjusting those lineups, which is frustrating. Rubio had just the 3 points in 31 minutes as um, Jordy McLaughlin was available to play, but did not. So just keep an eye on him as we move forward. And then not much else to really talk about, I don't think, from the Timberwolves' perspective. We're two games or th- one game away, actually, from Malik Beasley returning. And probably another week to two weeks for D'Angelo Russell to be back in action. All right, so let's go on to the next game now. Another blowout. The Clippers handle the Spurs very easily. 134 to uh, 101 in the end. This one wasn't particularly close. Um, Kawhi had 25 and 7. He had uh, five steals. He shot 75%. He played 32 minutes. Just a great game. Well, Batum was also pretty good. It was almost like he was playing against one of his former teams. 13-4-4 four, four in 26 minutes with two blocks there for Batum. And Zubats had 14-8 and eight in 32 minutes as the starter. They get another opportunity for Zubats to start again against the Spurs tomorrow with um, Serge Barker out. Marcus Morris, 20 points. 
empty outside of that and one of three from the line hurts, but he's an interesting points type streamer while Paul George, yeah, he's, he's definitely a massive buy low at the moment. 77th ranked player over the last two weeks. Just the 32 fantasy points here, 17, 6, and 4. Lou Williams didn't play much early on, but ended with 16 points in 17 minutes, while Luke Kennard, after his big game against the Hawks, only managed 12 minutes. Unfortunately for those of us who think Luke Kennard can actually be a useful player. Now the Spurs, they got their ass kicked, so they limited their minutes. Derek White, I don't think, played at all in the fourth quarter. 25 minutes for him, 13-3-3. Paddy Mills had 17 in 23 minutes. Drew Eubanks played 24 minutes, while Jakob Pertl had 21 minutes due to the blowout and due to some foul trouble. DeRozan had 19. DeJounte Murray, not great. Nine points on 33% with five assists and two steals. But I don't think we're going to pay too much attention to this game. While Calden Johnson, I think, had five points in the first three minutes and then ended with five points. He had three rebounds, two assists with one three in 26 minutes. And you know, I'm, not, I'm not convinced. I'm not convinced he's going to remain a must-roster player as we move forward. You know, I said he wasn't a must-roster player a couple of weeks ago. Um, we're not making any moves just at this stage. I- I'm not convinced on Calden being that guaranteed top 100. He's 140th ranked player this season. That would indicate to you that he is not a guaranteed must-roster guy, even though there is some improvement in him. But this was not uh, not particularly good from uh, from the Spurs and from uh, and from Calden, unfortunately. All right, on to the next game, which was, um, yeah, look, absolutely a laugher. In, in, with all the blowouts we had, this was the most blowout of the blowouts. The Jazz win 118 over Brooklyn, 88. That is uh, an absolute destruction. No James Harden, no Kevin Durant, no Kyrie Irving, no Blake Griffin, no Landry Shamet. Joe Harris started. Played five minutes and Steve Nash said, nah, nah, don't worry about it. We're just going to run a bunch of other blokes out there, so we'll just save you. So this game really, um, yeah, nothing makes sense. DeAndre Jordan came off the bench. He played only 12 minutes. Nick Claxton played 23. He wasn't all that effective, but I think I think some of his minutes were being held back as well because I think they think he's a key portion or key part of what they want to do. So I, if I've held him, I'd hold on. 17 minutes for Jeff Green. I guess the biggest thing we look at is Alizé Johnson. Played 33 minutes. This is a bloke that I've talked about many shows in the past. Yeah, looking at big G League numbers, holy shit. Look, look at his numbers. They're fantastic. We've talked. I've talked about this so many times. But he's never really put it together at NBA level. And today, first day with the Nets, plays 33 minutes, has 23 and 15 with two steals. Like, that's obviously huge. But, you know, it's a 10-day contract. How many chances is he going to get to do this? I think he's just a name to watch to see if he finds himself on a full-time contract somewhere else. And just be aware that he's done this in the G League for years. And we saw it finally on an NBA stage. Reggie Perry had 12 and 8 with two steals. Chris Chiozza had 11 assists with two steals in uh, uh, an increased role with it, no point guards around. And the Shark, Bruce Brown, had two steals and 10 points in his 34 minutes. Tyler Johnson struggled. Um, and Timotei Luwawu Cabra ended up with 34 minutes, but 14 and 5, yeah, 29% shooting is pretty rough. But look, it's it's really hard, especially when you've got guys like Tyler Johnson being a negative 44 in 24 minutes. For the Jazz, Boyan Bogdanovich played well finally in 24 minutes, 18 points on 63% shooting with four threes, but I'm not really judging too much here. Um, it's just hard. Like, I'm not adding him based on this. Gobert had eight and 11. Mitchell had 27, six and seven, but Joe Ingles struggled one of six for three points. And if you want to talk struggles, Jordy Clarkson is going through an all-time cold streak. He is outside the top 200 over the last two weeks. He shot 7% for three points. He was one of, what, 11 from three? He is massively struggling. He was a guy that was red hot to begin the season. I said, I'm, I'm not convinced that he is this level of shooter. I know that he's not this bad of a shooter. So there's going to be some come up. But will he be a guy that remains must roster? I'm not, 
I'm not a hundred percent convinced because he is really, really regressing hard. Even though yeah, it's hard to take too much out of this game, but it's not a one-game thing here for Clarkson. This is a pretty distinct stretch of games where he is struggling. And we're seeing a lot of those early season numbers really, really normalize back to where I guess they should be based on what he is as a player when he was just absolutely shooting out of his mind to begin things this this season. All right, let's go on to the last game of the night. The Kings win it against the Hawks, 110-108. Trey Young was great, 29 with nine assists. But let's talk about Bogdan Bogdanovic, who played 32 minutes here, had 20 points, 64% shooting, four triples, two steals, and one block. Really good numbers from Bogdanovich. Now, no one has ever doubted his talent. Well, I have never doubted his talent. I've, I've told, I really like him as a player. My problem was is how the minute's going to look with him, with Herder, with Garnari, with Hunter, with Reddish, with Dunn when he returns. Like, where it's going to be? Now, he is, I think, the best player out of all that group. Um, and those minutes push up. Is he an ad? If he can play 30 minutes a night and shoot 64%, sure. Now, his shooting numbers are going to come down. I still think he's probably more a fringe 12-teamer than a must-roster guy. Capella had 25 and 17, and after having John Collins on the Sell High podcast today, he had 10 and 8 in 33 minutes. It just happens all the time, and I'm not saying that it's because you know, I'm a Nostradamus, but it's like when you have these big runs of unsustainability, something's going to fall off, and it fell off for Collins here in a big way. Um, we hope he can just sort of normalize around that top 50 mark. Herder is a drop to me. If you're looking to add someone whose value opens up at the wire, he's the guy that can go 10 points in 28 minutes, and Tone Snell was scoreless in his 21. Don't drop DeAndre Hunter. I know it's been rough. Now, he, I don't think he's going to be anywhere near as good as he was before his injury. And he played 26 minutes, so that's encouraging. But two points on 14% shooting. Don't drop him. Um, try and buy low if his manager's panicking. Um, he'll be better than this pretty clearly. But this is just uh, some rust as he returns to action. For the Kings, De'Aaron Fox, massive, 37 points. And he hit his free throws, 8 of 9 from the line, 65 from the field with two steals. And Halliburton, people drop this guy, seriously. 17, 5, and 7 with a steal and a block. And Rashawn Holmes had some foul trouble, but ended up with 30 minutes, 16 and 8 with two blocks. So with his foul trouble, Hassan Whiteside was able to play more. The world. 18 minutes, 8 points, 12 boards, and two blocks. Undoubtedly good numbers. Now, if you've held him this long, just hold him through the trade deadline and a couple of days after to see if he's bought out. But who, again... You've got to find the 20-plus minute-a-night role for him to be a must-roster 12-team league player. He is the 264th-ranked player this year. 264th. That's horrible in 15 minutes a night. So if he's going to keep playing 15 minutes a night, he's not going to be worth it. He needs a bigger role. While the pencil, Harrison Barnes. Barnesy! Rough night, a triple zero with nine points on seven shots, eight rebounds and three assists. He is starting to fall off after that really hot you know, majority of the season. Not saying he's a drop, but he is falling away. Well, you'll be shocked to know that Buddy Heald shot horribly. 14 points on 28% shooting and the field goal drain from Bud Heald just continues absolutely unabated. It was the first game for Fiondo Cabangale. He didn't play. We had Chemezi Metu getting some minutes, nine minutes there for seven points as he returned from his wrist injury, and the Kings get a much-needed win. Let's see what happens now as we uh, as we head into the trade deadline. Let's have a look at the top ads over the last 24 hours. Nikhil Alexander-Walker up 25%. We've been talking about him for a stash for about a couple of weeks now. Nikki Claxon up 16%. Don't drop after today. Alec Burks up 8%, not convinced on that. Daniel House up 7%, absolutely zero interest in him in a 12-team league. And Kyle Anderson up 6%. Well, he absolutely shit the bed today. I think he's still a fringe 12-team type of guy. In terms of drops, Olenek down 8%. I would have liked to have waited one more day. Same with Wendell Carter down 6 
D'Anthony Melton down 5%. It's frustrating because we know how good he is. The minutes just aren't there. And Kenyon Martin down 4.5%. I think that's fine. And Royce O'Neal down 3.5%. O'Neal's still producing good value. I know it's not sexy and there's zero upside, but no reason for him to be dropped, I don't believe. Let's have a look at the top 10 players rostered in under 50% of leagues. Alizé Johnson at number one. We talked just about him. Now, I don't really see that being a long-term relevancy thing. Malik Monk, pretty interesting ad after the deadline. Um, Dwight Powell with a big game against the Wolves. Don't read into that. Nick Batum, leave him for deeper leagues. The Duke Wayne Ellington, he'll be on a different team tomorrow, I'd guess. Jalen Brunson stepped up, but yeah, not reading too much into it. Okoro, we're watching pretty closely at number seven. Jeff Teague at number eight. Tory Craig at number nine. And Grayson Allen at number 10, uh, who played pretty well again today, Alan, but I'm not looking at him as any sort of must roster 12 team league player. All right. So I'm not going to do a DFS preview for Thursday's games because there's so much going to happen in the trade deadline. We can cover that stuff on the pregame show tomorrow and me going through and telling you who's in or who's out doesn't actually mean anything when a bunch of things can happen. So we'll end the show there. Don't forget to subscribe, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, YouTube, and check out the live show tomorrow, Thursday, 2 p.m. Eastern, I'm going to be here. I'm going to be drinking coffee out of a large mug. It's going to be all exciting stuff, guys. Don't forget to to subscribe. Do all those things. Rate and review on Apple Podcasts as well, guys. We are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya. Guys, we're back because the trade has just gone down just as I finished recording. A trade has gone down. I'm back in business. Um... (laughs) Jesus Christ, Woj is reporting that DeLon Wright has been traded to the Sacramento Kings for Corey Joseph and two second round picks. Um, DeLon's role is, that's droppable now to me, behind Heald, behind Halliburton. Well, actually, let's wait. Wait for the deadline. Don't make a move yet, but let's see if they make any other moves, but his value's cooked. Um, Dennis Smith, maybe worth an ad. Maybe worth an ad. Hamadou Diallo, definitely worth an ad. But they are they are things that are happening. So uh, wild stuff. Just as I finish, Woj, you're killing me. Um, yeah, I, I just thought I want to throw that in now because, of course, it's happening. And there we go. A trade has gone down. D-line right to the Kings. I think this nukes his value. And uh, there we are. All right. Now, we're out of here. I'll, I'll, I'll look into this a little bit more later on. Um, but yeah, D-line right going to the Kings. That's my initial take on it. Guys, see ya. Bye.